Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. I do not have a very lengthy thought. However, that will become a little bit shorter if you help me today. So I put this on you. But I'm going to take my text from the book of Genesis tonight, or today, chapter 48, and verse 1. And reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 48 and 1. The Bible says, and it came to pass after these things, that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon his bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Lutz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said, Unto me, behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for for an everlasting possession. And I want to preach just for a little while today on this thought, what is in your hands? Amen. We're going to pray over the word of God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for the presence that we have felt and the honor, God, to be in your presence, Lord, today. God, I ask that you would use me as a mouthpiece, God, to convey what heaven would wish to say. Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint us to receive a word today. Lord, the light of the world, Jesus, the bread of life, God, let us break it right now, God, and partake, God, and receive what your word would say. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We have been given a great heritage today. Not only in this church, but North American Pentecost has been given a great heritage. I am proud of my history today. Amen. We need to think of what God has blessed us with. It's already been settled. We have the promise. Amen. I'm excited about the promises of God that are yet to come in this life. He pulled me into this marvelous light from the muck and the mire. I want to talk to somebody that was pulled out of darkness today because we have a promise. It's what's in our hands. I'm thankful he didn't leave us where he found us. The Bible says that he found us sitting in a pool of our own blood. Amen. He could have left us there, but he loved us too much. He wanted us too badly. This is why he came, to draw the world unto himself. Amen. 
He could have left us for dead, but I'm thankful that he didn't. He is the author and the finisher of the faith, the Lion of Judah, the mighty King of Kings. His yoke is easy, and, it, and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of the world. His burden is light, and I'm thankful that he cast it upon my shoulders. Amen. He is the resurrection and the life. He said, whoever that believes in me would not perish but have everlasting life. We will conquer in his name. It is that name that is above every other name. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men might be saved. And it's us that was called to propagate the gospel of the name of Jesus. Amen. We are the book of Acts church. And if you don't know what that means, read the book of Acts. And if you're not part of it, stay in the book of Acts until it gets inside of you. That's what we've got to do in this day. We can't let the old church of yesterday die in the flesh. Amen. We can't let it die. we got to carry that spirit with us today. We are part of this end time revival. Amen. I read the introduction to an article the other day. It wasn't worth finishing. Because it said that there's a mass group of Christians that believe that this is not the last day. That Jesus wouldn't read into the rapture. But I tell you, they haven't read their Bible. We've got to stop partaking in the junk of this world. In this junk of the Christian world today, that would be put out because Paul told Timothy, They're going to be drawing men to their own lusts. And they're going to be preaching with itching ears because this is what the world wants to hear. That you've got plenty of time. You're not in the last days. We've got to stop and start taking a stand against this junk of the world. If you look at a list of the current events in this world that we live in today, you would see that the Middle East is rising in tension. If Russia was to mount a war, she would have Persia. She would have entire Middle East following her. The battle between Gaza and Israel, the count of the death toll is up to 386 with 3,000 wounded. We are living in the last days. And if you don't believe it, read your Bible. It's in the back of the book. We were called to this time. We were called to this time. And we have to realize what we have in our hands. We have to get a hold of it, church. We have to get a hold of it. We have to bring it to the world. Now is not the time to be playing church, falling over these trivial things. We got to stop asking if it's a heaven or hell issue because the Bible has no gray area. There is black and there is white. There is right and there is wrong. If you think it might be a heaven or hell issue, we got to learn to run away from it because the Bible says that if you live in the gray area, you'll be spewed out of the mouth of God because he said you got to either be hot or you got to be cold. You can't live in between and make it. The Bible says that Moses answered God. It said that Moses answered God and says they won't believe me when I go tell them to let the people go. He said, but behold... They will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice 
for they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. How many in the world today say that God has not appeared unto us? But the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. A rod is just a biblical term for a stick. That's all he had. He said, these masses of people will not hearken unto my voice. They will not hear the word that you have told me to give unto them. And he said, what is in your hand? All he had was a stick, but God used it. Amen. God will use what we have, and we have our testimony. We have our testimony. I'm thankful for where God has brought me from. I know that we have many backgrounds in this place today, but speaking personally, I'm thankful for what God has pulled me from. If it was not for the grace of God, I would probably be dead right now. But God saved my soul. He said, I have more for Tim Trail. He said, I have more. And I'm thankful to God for the saving grace. Amen. This is my testimony. And this is the reason I wanted to continue and preach this message today. Because it runs parallel to that of our pastors. I want to ask somebody, what is in your hand? What is your testimony? But I want to make sure that our testimony is not held at such a high mark that we stop where we are. Because the testimony only represents what you were. It does not represent what you will be. The Bible continues in Genesis 48, verse 10. It says, Now the eyes of Israel were dim of, for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and kissed them, and embraced them, speaking of Joseph's sons. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not, sought, I had not thought to see Thy face, and lo, God has showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees and bowed, him, and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand. And brought them near unto him. This is very important because he brought them in a way that when he handed them over to his father, Manasseh, the older, would be at his right hand. Right hand is the authority and the power. So the firstborn should have, should have gotten the right hand in blessing. And Israel stretched out his hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head. He stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head. He guided his hands wittingly, the Bible says, for Manasseh was the firstborn. In other words, he crossed his hands. Then the Bible goes on to say that he blessed Joseph. But then the Bible goes on just down a little bit further, and it says that Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. 
and he held up his father's hand to remove it. It was almost a naive rebellion, if you will. Because, see, we can get so involved in our testimony and so proudful in where God has brought us from that we can try to hinder God from where he would take us if we're not careful. Because there's some things that God puts on us that we just can't understand. So he tried to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand on his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He shall become a great people. And he also shall be great. And tr- but truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And the Bible says, and he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. I know this is a lot of scripture. But what I want to bring out of this is sometimes it's not always going to seem like God knows what he's doing. I know the Christian in us doesn't want us to admit that. We're, and I'm thankful. We're reverent. We don't want to act like God did something wrong. But sometimes in our flesh, in our flesh, it may seem this way. And Joseph tried to stop the hand of his father when he tried to bless the future instead of the past. Because the name of Manasseh means forgetting. In other words, he named him Manasseh because at that point, that was his testimony. He said, I'm going to forget everything that has been done wrong to me up to this point. But Ephraim, the name Ephraim means fruitful. Which one do you think God's going to bless in our lives? The fact that we're trying to get over some things or the fact that we can be fruitful. The Bible says in 1 Peter, he says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you, he said, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of, the, of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. What's in your hand today? What is your testimony? What has God brought you from? I want to embrace my testimony, but part of me has to forget it. Because I can't drag my past into what God has for me. I can't drag everything that's behind me up to the front with me when God tries to make me fruitful. Amen? And when God switches hands, I don't want to act like it's some big problem. Because I'm okay if he doesn't bless my past as much as he's going to bless my future. But God is trying to further the church. But there's some things we're not going to be able to take with us into the future. He said, when the fire comes, when the storm starts raging, it may be that God is switching hands. 
He may be trying to bless your future more than your past. He's trying to bring us to a new and higher level, a new dimension. When Joseph came before his father, he brought his son Manasseh and his son Ephraim. He brought his past, present, and future, if you will. And his father felt led to anoint his future more so than his past. It's going to be honored too. We don't have to let go of everything that made us who we are. But I want to tell you something. God will honor who we were and who we are. But he's going to honor who we will be and where we will go that much more. That much more. Speaking of being in the end times, a thought I want to share with us today as a church because it challenged me when in studying the parts of an army, some of the old songs refer to us as foot soldiers in the army of the Lord and armor bearers in the army of the Lord. But if you research what an armor bearer is, They were to literally bear the armor. They were to carry the extra weapons into battle. And when the kings of old and the generals of old would go and smite the enemy, it was their job to go behind them and finish it off. It was an armor bearer that killed Saul. But something I found interesting is that you don't find the use of armor bearers after David was king. It's time that some of us in the church try to leave the post of the armor bearer and start to bear arms. The story in the Bible of when Israel was fighting. And as long as Moses' arms were lifted high, they would prevail. They would win. But when his arms started to grow weary, they would become defeated. And there was a man named Aaron, and there was a man named Hur that went behind him and started to bear up his arms. We need to leave the weapons behind and start burying up the arms of our pastor. Because when his arms are held high, we can prevail. But if his arms go down, there is no hope. We have got to leave behind the arms and bear his up. Amen. And I'm coming to a close. But God is wanting to transition us as a people. David said, as the heart pants for the water brook, so pants my soul after thee. He goes on down if you read that chapter and he says, that deep calleth unto deep. God will draw as closely to you as you will draw to him. But for some of us, it's our move. 
We can't sit by and feel like God doesn't want to bless us. We can't sit by and feel like God has his arms folded in heaven. It may be the fact that I have to make the next move because God said he would meet us there. He would meet us there. That's why I want to take what's in my hands. And this is the thought I have today. It's time to take the things that are in your hands and put it in God's hands because nobody can take care of it like God can. Take all the worry, take all the fear and regret and put it in God's hands and it'll sort itself out. Take the muck and the mire that stands in your testimony and put it in God's hands because in God's hands it's covered by the blood and in God's hands it'll be okay. God is wanting to transition us today from the things of our past into the things of our future. Into the things of our future and where we will be. As a church, we have vision. Thank God. I'm so thankful that we have a vision today. We're not just going from service to service. But should the Lord tarry, we're going to build a sanctuary that will hold more than this one. I'm thankful that we're reaching into the future with our children. I'm thankful that we're reaching into the future, broadening our horizons. We have men and women that go out every Sunday to the nursing homes, to the jails, to the prisons. We're broadening our horizons, and God is going to bless the effort. We cannot walk into the future the way we're walking into the future, and God not bless it. But God is trying to switch hands today in people's lives. If it feels like you can't understand where God has you and why the things that are happening to you have happened, it may be that God is transitioning you. It may be that he has removed his hand of power and authority off of your past and he's placing it on your future. But there's a responsibility on our part. We have to follow God. In the recent services, our pastor, just like today, has told us there's sometimes you just have to do what you know to do. God never changes, but people do. And in our walk with God, we will have to change as well. Because we all come to a place spiritually in our lives at some point that God is going to say, I don't need you here anymore. I'm going to need you to move here. I blessed this for so long. And when God moves, sometimes you may not even realize it. Sometimes you may be feel like you're spinning your wheels. But what it is is God's not blessing you in this area anymore. He's going to start blessing you over here. And we need to pray in this hour that we live today that God would let us be sensitive to his spirit and that when he switches his hands from our past into our future, that we have the willingness to follow. Because God is switching hands with people today. God is switching hands with generations today. Because he cannot leave us in our past. Because God wants to switch hands. And I would ask you this today. What is in your hands as we stand all over this place? 
Because there are some things that we need to take out of our own hands and place it in God's. The world has their hands open. You have all manner of doctors, physicians, psychiatrists that are more than willing to write a prescription for anything you're dealing with. But sometimes that doesn't work. We can take what's in our hands and turn it over to God. Because when God switches hands, I can't hold on to it. When he switches his hand from my past to bless my future, I can't be holding so tight to my past that I won't let go. Because if I'm not careful, I'll be over here grappling with my past while God has moved on. There have been men and women who would not let go of the past and have found themselves stuck in it because times change. God doesn't change, but people do. And I want to have the willingness to change and to let God switch hands. Can we pray? Lord, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for the honor and the privilege, Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.